You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we're going to be talking about the Avengers Infinity War trailer, Captain Marvel, Justice League, so much more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Good morning, Simon! Good morning, fine, sir! How are you? <laughs> I almost forgot what you look like, you and your little puddum. I know. I, I know, it's, I miss you. It's an adorable one. Yeah. Uh, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did, yeah. Wonderful. It was wonderful. Uh, ate some turkey, uh, ate a lot of sprouts. I had two bagels. Stuff. Uh, so it was a typical Jeff Snyder Thanksgiving. Nice. <laughs> and that's who I am, Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the tracking board, tracking-board.com. You can mm. follow me on Twitter and Instagram at, at the Snyder. With me, as always... Simon Thompson. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at showbizsimon. And there's a Facebook page, this is Simon Thompson. Back in the saddle, baby. Back in the saddle. It's been three weeks. I've never been a big turkey guy. No? Yeah. Eh, but like shout turkey. Out, but shout out to, to my dad. Who threw a wonderful Thanksgiving? Nice at at our house uh, with with our new in laws. That's pretty cool. Yeah, big daddy. Yeah, congratulations to your brother for that. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, okay. Yeah, let's dive right in. Like, what do you, we, we have so much to catch up on? Okay. Uh, do you want to start with this week's releases and looking at the box office, or should we go? One of your favorite subjects of the week, Jumanji and tracking. <laughs> Come on, you, let's start off with a rant. You saw the start of that. I was just like a tease of a rant on Twitter. Um, man, I just feel, yeah. you know, like we're, we're going to get to Simon's box office uh, report shortly and, and we'll see how he does it. But box office reporting is just out of hand these days. You know, like, you know, I think it was Hollywood Reporter 60, you know, Jumanji tracking for a strong $60 million opening. And mm. then Variety uh, says, you know, Jumanji, 40 to $45 million opening. And for all we know, they're both correct. Because they're talking about different day lengths. Yeah. You know, like the 60 was over six days, the 40 to 45 was over four days. Like, I just, I don't even understand. Like, they, there needs to be a, a consistent standard, right? Oh, no, I, I 100% agree. Um, and I think also the discrepancy in some of the figures that we see out there sometimes, even when they are for the same period, is it makes you think, where, where are they getting. Well, tracking's nonsense. And Star Wars yeah, no, is, is inherently throwing off all the figures. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I was sort of saying this is all these films in the shadow of Star Wars are sort of spinning to get ahead of, you know, if, if they wind up a little mm. short, it's because of Star Wars, what, whatever. They're trying to set expectations. And so it seems like that 40 to $45 million figure from uh, Jumanji is coming from Sony. Yeah. You know, the studio's job is to sort of set low expectations so that when you do $48 million, it's spun as a win instead yeah. of, you know. Uh, it's a, not a 60, but failure. it's not 45 it's just, uh, like, yesterday's article, it, it positioned Jumanji as the most successful holiday comedy, uh, or, or, like, you know, holiday family movie after Star Wars. Yeah. Um, Which it, it probably o- o- will over be. Over Pitch Perfect 3. It probably will be. Yeah. But when you did the actual math on, like, you know, uh, Pitch Perfect 3 is tracking for $30 million over mm-hmm. four days, and this is tracking for 40 to 45 over six days, Pitch Perfect 3 actually is tracking better than, than Jumanji. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, but and also, like, oh god, that that junket. Did you you didn't go to Hawaii? Did you? Did you? I did not. Kevin Hart. Go to that junket. Man. No, someone else. Went These to junkets are are just crazy. Like. It's not even like you go. You interview the talent for five minutes of of like the three day trip. And, yep. and in the meantime, you're just in Hawaii, like enjoying the beach. And I mean, come on, come on. But guys. for those three minutes, you get to pretend that the people in the movies are your best friends ever, and then you get to put it online and make everybody assume that you're buddy I mean, I, buddy I, with I, these I get, people. I get the game, but yeah, these trips are just becoming more it's, and more it's, elaborate. It's, I've done. I mean, I, I I'll hold my hands up. I've done a few in my time. I've done set visits. You know, I mean, I went to Atlanta for yeah, Spider-Man: Homecoming, but did. it's not. We weren't like Atlanta is not Hawaii. <laughs> No, no, that's actually the Atlanta Tourist Board's new phrase. <laughs> yes, Atlanta, it ain't not. Hawaii. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. Some, some of these box uh, office stories have me shaking my head. With, with regards to the to, to the buzz around Jumanji, um, I mean, there are there, there's a lot of people who are looking forward to seeing it. No denying that whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't re- I'm not really getting a huge amount of buzz from the guy on the street right now. There's, in, there's right. definite interest, and it's going to have an audience, and it fair. will do well. I'm just not getting the excitement. Neither am I. But, again, it's because December is a vacuum with Star Wars. Yep. It just sucks it all up. All the buzz. All the excitement. You can't be excited for anything else in December. So here's my thought on this, because we know that we got, like, a gazillion 
you know, more Star Wars movies coming through. Bearing that in mind, I was thinking about this the other day. Why don't Disney just move Star Wars forward to the beginning of December? And here's why. Holiday movies are coming out now early November. A mm-hmm. lot of those, like Bad Mom's Christmas and Daddy's Home 2, they're kind of starting, they're losing their steam right. a little bit. Certainly, you know, the, the, the former, because that came out sooner. But Daddy's Home 2 is still kind of doing okay at the box office. It's trundling along. But that's like six weeks before Christmas. You know, even, even sort of two or three weeks mm-hmm. before Thanksgiving. So if you're Disney and you know that it's a completely quiet month and all these other films are kind of tiptoeing around, why don't you just go big and open in the first weekend of December and enjoy a four-month, a four-week run-up around Christmas? Do that because you know that the audience is still going to be there. Because they're already going big and they're still going to get the four weeks because January is so weak. I, I feel like they needed to give Coco some breathing room. That's that's what it is. Mm. You can't have Star Wars like the week after Coco. Yeah. The whole thanks, Thanksgiving was really off this year at, at the movies because a lot of mo- uh, films like moved around. Yeah, you know, like weren't we supposed to get like the Current War and Molly's Game at some point? Things like that. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's been a weird fall, but. Uh, yeah, Jumanji. I, 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 I've heard again. People are like, people are good. saying it's fun. It's They're saying it's fun. It's fun, just like Justice League. But man, I saw Justice League, and who, like, whose idea of fun is this? Yeah, what I didn't is get going to talk on? about that because I've been away for a few weeks working, and then obviously thanks. We're going to talk about Justice League yeah, uh, okay. in, in a little bit. Cool. Um, but uh, anyways, g- g- give me the box office take this this weekend. There's no there's no wide no, releases. No That's why you're releases. saying yeah. this would have been a good weekend. And it's looking like Coco is gonna you know hold fast. And you know Coco, I think even though you talk about the you know maybe Star Wars would sort of cannibal uh, like cannibalize that Thanksgiving audience. I think they would both exist. And if I, if I was Disney, mm-hmm. okay, who's my biggest competition? Oh fuck, it's Disney. You're still getting the money. That's and not gonna Coco be a is is like the last original Pixar movie for a while, isn't mm-hmm. it? Isn't it like next, like in- so. Incredibles 2 and Wreck-It Ralph 2? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Toy Story Frozen 4. Two. I, right, Frozen yeah. 2. Yeah. Like, they don't really have a lot of... Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy it, folks, because I don't one. know when the next one's coming. Um, but yeah, so looking like Coco's going to stay on top this week. I mean, the only really sort of, you know, they're, they're currently sort of limited city releases. Um, the Disaster Artist and Shape of Water. Now, I haven't seen Shape of right, Water. Right, it's like 10 screens and yeah. 4 screens. I, I saw um, The Disaster Artist this week. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. I loved it, too. I, really I think the industry's going to love it. Yeah. Do, do you know what? I, it's actually one of those films. There are a few films I've seen this year that I know that I'm... It just gave me so much joy. Genuinely. And right. it, you know, it just as a, as a movie about a movie and about a movie about L.A. and the L.A. lifestyle, but also just as it was just fun, you know, to, to steal the Jumanji phrase of the day. Um, I just had a lot of fun with that movie. It's got great heart. It's very amusing. It really is just all out there. It's completely mental. For me, it kind of felt like the boogie nights of movie making is that how you pronounce it the boogie nights boogie nights yes boogie 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 the boogie boogie nights yes um yeah it kind of felt like the boogie nights of this it has a certain energy yeah obviously this is not about porn etc etc it's a different look and feel but it's kind of that movie here's the thing it's honestly i think it's that we miss rogan and franco doing like these apatow Comedies. Not that this is an Apatow comedy, though Judd is in it, and he's actually hilarious. Yeah. Um, you know, like we we are missing that uh, because what was the what was the last one? Um, I'm fucking blanking. Rogan and Franco. Uh, it Rogan wasn't and Franco. It, like it wasn't the this was it the interview? The end? It, it was. I think it was the interview that was after this is the end, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, that was actually yeah. That was like after you know, this sa- is the end, sausage yeah. party. Like you're not seeing them interview. Yeah. You know, wasn't really in theaters. Oh, they kind of done cameos in each other's movies and stuff and associations. But that's right. Yeah. It, so I don't know. There's just something about seeing those guys together that's always magic. Um, although you know, the stars of this movie is really are really James and his brother Dave. Mm. Uh, Drew McWeeny reviewed it for our site, gave it a day, and he and he just loved the relationship between the you know Greg Sestero and Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Um, and he thinks that them being brothers really helped that chemistry on screen. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, to be honest with you, there wasn't really a lot that I didn't like about The Disaster Artist. Um, it, it was just such an enjoyable, you know, glee-filled, like, two hours. Um, I, I haven't had... I haven't come out of, of a film sort of smiling and giggling kind of as much as I did 
after I want to see it again out because yeah. I saw it in the perfect setting, you know, at Midnight Madness in, in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, so I was predisposed to sort of enjoying myself there. But uh, I'd like to sort of see it at home and see how it holds up just yeah. in my living room. I mean, I, I think it's great. I mean, it the shape is great. of water I do want to catch. And... Don't, don't you think Franco could win? The Golden Globe for Best Actor in a I Comedy or Musical? Golden Globe. I mean, people are talking Oscars win. for this movie. I don't know if it'll win Oscars, but I can certainly see Golden Globes. I think the screenplay is, is very impressive yep. uh, by, by Michael and Scott. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think Franco, Franco's out of the conversation for the Oscar in terms of a nomination. Mm. He won't win. His performance I think he could is, actually... It's a weak year. His perf- it is. His performance is, is just genius. It, it, it is. is it's, ma- it's madness. Genius. Um, um, so I, I, I loved it. So I mean, Shape it, of Water, it, you got to check that out, though. Yeah, I'm a, well, I'm a big GDT fan. GDT. <laughs> um, which also sounds like an if, STD. If, on, if only we could have like a, a finger sign. Like sign GDT. Like GDT. Say what? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I love his work. Um, even in some of his sort of, you know, less peak stuff like Crimson Peak and stuff like that. I still love... <laughs> You know, that movie he did with Katie Holmes and uh, Guy Pearce, Don't yeah, Be Afraid wasn't... of the Dark. Yeah, that wasn't very good. He didn't direct that. No, he didn't. But he was, or did you know, he? Well, <laughs> uh, was that his Alan Smithy? Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I think he has his moments where, where he's absolutely fantastic. And genuinely, I, I'm really excited about You should check Shape it out. I'm surprised. So I will do. It's, I will not, do. it's not doing great with, like, the critics groups and, like, the awards kind of stuff. Well, it's um, Rotten Tomatoes, like, 97%. Rotten Tomatoes. I, I, here's the thing. We... <sighs> I, I, no, I don't. I don't put a lot in the Rotten Tomatoes thing. But, but to there be you go. You, like it, it needs an it's, it's a casual sort of thing. The way you just did it, and even like I was looking at movies to watch this week, and, and I was like looking at Swim Fan and movies mm. like that, and they all at like fourteen, twenty percent. And I, I found myself looking at the score, being like, oh, fourteen percent. I can't watch that. But it's like wh- I'm a like we're picking and choosing when we genre snobbery put credence into the Rotten Tomatoes score. I think it's just become an easy crutch. Yeah. For people to try and, you know, flex the figures or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, we, you know, we know a lot of critics. Sometimes there is snobbery and sometimes they will super hype up movies because they think they should be super hyping movies. I still go back to the Blair Witch um, example. Like, everybody came out of that and that was... And then it went... The other You're talking about the remake? Out. Yeah, the, the one that came who, out at Comic-Con. Who, uh, yeah. Well, when, you remember when that came out at Comic-Con oh, year Jesus before last? Christ. And everybody was like, oh, my God, it's like terrible. Citizen Kane. And it was, a, it was dog shit of a movie. Here, I love the director's work, but that was awful. So we got to talk about a movie that I saw last night. I don't, okay. I don't know how much we can talk about it. The, I, and I saw it early this week at the DGAs. I don't know the reviews have come out. I feel no? like tweets have been allowed. But okay. anyways... Let's talk about it briefly. The, yeah, The Post. Yeah. I saw The Post last night. I've been predicting it for Best Picture the last few months just because mm-hmm. on paper you know it has all the elements but well i thought it was good i also thought it should have been better and i was pretty underwhelmed i don't think this movie is winning any oscars see i i kind of watched it with an interesting crowd i watched it at the dga this week um and there was a q a with um spielberg uh, tom hanks and meryl streep all of whom i tip for really big things in the future i think uh, they've got brave futures ahead uh, of them. yeah All they're looking good um but yeah i mean I, I i really enjoyed it but obviously that crowd is is a hollywood crowd it's interesting just, people um but it's, I did, it's the press and and, and yeah. that is what i love about the movie it did capture that feeling because i've been there and, and obviously not to the extent of the pentagon papers or sure. anything like that but i've been there having a big scoop and you have your finger on the button you're like do i publish do i publish because that's the whole movie mm. do you do you publish or not um, and so I thought it captured that feeling quite well, but it also felt pretty creaky and stuffy, and it's just kind of people talking in rooms, and I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you on that, but that's basically what what happened. Yeah, I mean, that, I, 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 I get it, that. It, it is that. There's not when Spielberg injects his Spielbergness, though. Yeah. It's it soars like the thriller elements, you know, when it sort of veers into thriller yeah. territory, but. I kind of thought that Meryl Streep, the movie was sort of billed as like this big female empowerment thing with Meryl mm. Streep, but I, I kind of found her to be a little indecisive and just asking everybody for their opinion. What should I do? What should I do? For Instead me, of just being yeah. like, boom, this and is what I, we're doing. I, but I think that's kind of where, I, and at the beginning, it was kind of like this kind of uh, the Iron Lady when she did, you know, Margaret Thatcher. There were right. elements to that, but kind of like, if it was the flip side of Margaret Thatcher, who was a very strong woman consistently. Um, and then she was this woman who finds her balls effectively, you know, w- w- in this situation with these stories. So I liked, 
I liked the progression of the character, the slow progression of coming up and standing up against men. I thought it was really good. I thought Tom Hanks absolutely leveled it right between, you know, the, the journalism and the hu- humanity of it and his own conscience. He settled and stuff in for like me. That. It took yeah. a little while to adjust to that performance because he's doing something like out of the 40s almost. Which I, usually I think would be a criticism, but I think because of the context, because everybody indeed was settling into the situation in real life where it's like we've never come across this before. You know. I, I liked Odin Kirk, but I wish he, yeah. he was given a little bit more to do. And I feel like the entire rest of the supporting cast is kind of just like wasted. Like, I can't believe that there actually were people at one point, possibly myself even included, mm. saying like Carrie Coon or Sarah Paulson could get supporting actress nominations for this. They don't have a chance for it. There's, no, there's no. nothing. They don't have any moments. Th- this movie is, is going to belong when it comes to awards season to uh, Spielberg. I think there might be some DOP noms in there as well. Scre- screenwriting, I think, potentially. Um, I think Hanks and Street are, script, are given. Yeah, the I script is good. Odekirk could be there, um, potentially. I so. Um, I, just, I don't even know as a, as a supporting actor. But I think kind of really for the movie, that's kind of about it. There's a lot of great talent and a lot of great stuff involved here. And I personally really, really enjoyed it. Um, Again, I, I like that. I just don't think subtlety's you know. ever been Spielberg's strong suit. We can move on. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Uh, uh, it, won, it won the NBR awards, though, right? Yeah, I think it, it did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Took, uh, top now, honors there. Zeno Hour is has said in the chat. Um, is it him, or does it feel like comedies like The Disaster Artist and genre films, uh, The Shape of Water, Get Out, etc., are going to dominate this awards season? Um, I, do you know what? I think they're going to. Uh, are they going to dominate when it comes to wins? I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot more representation that we're going to see bleeding across from things like the Spirit Awards this year, certainly in the nominations. Right. When it comes down to actually putting those final ticks and crosses in boxes for the Academy, will they win? I don't know. I think but, after seeing the post, you know, seeing Darkest Hour and seeing all these movies, I feel like just reading the tea leaves, and I don't think that I don't agree with it at all, it feels like it could be Get Out versus Lady Bird. It, honest to God, feels like best picture could be between Get Out and Ladybird. Mm. A lot of people are saying three billboards could could upset. I don't know if I see that. I mean, I I don't. I, it's it's. I've, I've spoken to to a few people, and there are other films I think that that haven't come out. I think Molly Get Molly's Game could be. You know, people were talking about that yeah, potentially. That's not going to win best picture. That's not going to win best picture, but no. I think it could get nominations. Again, I think this is a nominations thing, and I think there are a few other movies that are dotting around. I think Call Me by Your Name could surprise. See, that's Again, the movie. I feel see, like I, I love. I it was genuinely, great. That's that film I saw like five or six weeks so, ago. It stuck with me. It's and very it's, few films. It's have fantastic. But let me ask you this, and, and and you know maybe I already asked this in in print uh, in my last Oscar column. Um, and maybe it makes me look like an asshole for asking it, but do you really do you think that they're going to give the um, best picture to a second gay film in a row? Uh, is that reductive to even just call it? Well, you know, you I'm know putting what? in this yeah, box I, of it's I, a gay I th- film. I think I, I think they would, um, and I think under I think rightfully so, to be honest with you, because I think it's it's a movie that I think involves a, a love story. It's a it's a love story rather right, than absolutely. Like, we wouldn't we don't call Brokeback Mountain. A gay movie. It has gay people in it. It's a gay love story. But I would certainly, I would certainly see this slightly differently. And I, this to me is a love story because the characters aren't necessarily actually gay. They're potentially bisexual. Le- yes, I, yes, yes, yes. So absolutely, I, they are. You know, and I, I, this in to me is, right. is a very kind. It has a very different feel. It doesn't feel like it. It's not an agenda movie. I know people will throw it and go to a leftist agenda thing, but it, it just. Well, let, let me ask you this, though. Yeah. If Moonlight had not won Best Picture, mm. okay, and La La Land had won, <laughs> does this movie have a better chance in your mind right now of winning? Because I think it does. It would. If Moonlight had not won last year, I am thinking Call Me By Your Name could win this year. I, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, do you know what I think? Yeah. Do I think it helped the chances? I, no, I don't think it did. Because I think whatever, out of what we've discussed with potential winners for Best Picture this year, I think one of the, the potential three top runners is not political. So I think whichever way the cookie crumbles, whether it's, say, The Post, mm-hmm. or whether it's Call Me By Your Name, uh, or, or let's say Get Out, let's put that in there. Mm-hmm. They can all be accused of being political movies, uh, making social statements. Right. So I think it's going to be 
It's going to be hard to avoid people claiming that the Academy is making a political point this year, mm-hmm. uh, just for several issues that could be across the table on this. Uh, to be honest with you, if you're looking at, is it a, is this a better gay movie than last year's gay movie? Yeah, I think this, I think so. This absolutely, is 100%. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it's also just it's a great movie. It's, it's yes, a great movie. It is. I loved it. I I give given three films four stars. Call me by your name is one of them. Criticism about not seeing it or not liking it is because it's gay. Is that? I mean, you just cannot deny that this is just a really, really great piece of cinema. So is Brokeback Mountain. Whatever is. So so, so here's here's the other question of that though. Like, should should recent Oscar history influence the following? year's vote like I, I like we're no. voting on 2017 no. movies like call me by your name is up against not moonlight or yeah. what happened last year but all these films this year and and i think you know against that crowd of contenders it, it's the best one no i don't i don't i don't think it should i really think every single year should be taken right. on its own merits um, the academy is a totally it's totally different than it was last year in yeah. terms of its makeup uh, it's a lot younger and, and more uh, inclusive and diverse yeah so and it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an exciting year. I think it is. I think it's going to be the, the the cleanest year when it comes to the Academy that that we've seen. I think because of the change in guard, the change of membership, the increase of diversity. Mark Harris wrote yesterday that uh, in Vulture, I think, that um, it's going to be – this year's Oscars are going to try to be the woke, most woke Oscars ever. Lit. You know? No, I mean, I, I just think this year is is gonna it's good. It's always good to you know to 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 throw out the sheets and to you know have a little bit of a refresh. But I think this year, I I, I think we're in a really weird place where there's not a lot of really great Oscar worthy movies this year. So I think the field yeah. that they're going to choose from is very very small. So I think it's going to be limited, which I think is why we're going to see people accusing the industry of having an agenda. But I just think this year there are there are more films that have underwhelmed me or been adequate. I was just saying this outside than have actually gone holy shit that's a good movie right. and at one point this year i'm not the only person in the industry that's thought this i thought maybe i don't love movies anymore because i kept coming out of movie after movie and going like yeah that was fine and i'm like well maybe right, you're looking too much at you can't just enjoy it anymore. yeah and i'm just like well i don't know but then i, I realized no actually a lot of those movies i've seen are quite average or acceptable or they're being put out and then a couple of really good strong movies come out have you seen ladybird yet i haven't i need, I need you to see it so yeah. we can talk I about do it i want to see it because i'm i'm not the world's biggest and, and did you see fan. Stronger? Uh, yes, that's one of my favorite films of the year. Yeah, so I love I've, I've watched it two or three more times in yeah, the last week. There's a few week. things I, I need to catch up on, like Wonder and stuff like that I need to watch. If, if Stronger starred Dustin Hoffman came out in 1972, we would still be talking about it today. Yeah, that's honestly. What it's still I one of the biggest crimes of, of, of movie going this year that the more people didn't go and see Stronger in theaters. Um, all right, let's move on from Oscars cool. to the the comic book stuff that we teased yep. uh, earlier in the show. The Infinity War trailer mm-hmm. came out, and Avengers Infinity in Infinity War. I mean, Apparently the most watched trailer of all time. The mo- can you can you believe it? Uh, do you know, two hundred and thirty I... million views. What? What do people do with their time? Seriously. <laughs> We've not got anything better to do than watch a trailer over and over. Uh, it, was just blo- it was just bloggers, yeah, watching yeah. it, exactly. Clickety-click, click Disney rubbing their hands. It may have been what it was. Um, yeah. No, obviously this movie's going to make uh, over a billion and a half dollars. It does look good. It looks like it could be cool. It looks like there's fucking stakes for once. That They're not just trying to get these characters over to the next movie. That, like, some of them may be left behind. I took some shit this week because I said the trailer Did looked you? really good. And there was someone who recently said to me that it was unfair to say that I didn't think Justice League was going to potentially be a great movie because of the trailer. Because the trailer looked amazing. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay. So uh, then when I say I think Avengers looks like it could be a good movie, it's like, yeah, it's, it's just a trailer, you don't know. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you just totally flip-flopped on your argument. I think it, I thought Justice League looked like it could have been fun, and it kind of was, yeah, it was, it was all right. Um, but I, I, this, I think, actually just looks a little bit like, I, I just prefer, like, I'd like to see this one. I like the idea of it. I'm not super excited about it, but I'm certainly going to have some... You know, I'm gonna buy a ticket and have some popcorn and enjoy that. It'll be fun to see all those people up there. At it's once. Great, but uh, I love like these it. movies. With My favorite that. moments again were Falcon kicking ass because uh, I love Mackie. Yeah, um, there wasn't enough Ant Man in this for me. No, I loved when the hair went up on on Peter Parker's wrist. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. The I rest, like, uh, the rest of it, it still looked like more portals in the sky and shit falling out of the sky. Which did and, feel a bit samey, to be honest with you, Marvel. I think you need to kind of. 
lay back on the portals a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, all these glowing rings. There are oh, other God. MacGuffins and mechanics right. to get thingies to turn <laughs> up on planets. Um, lay off the portals, but it looks yeah, it's, it looks fun. Yeah, you know, I like the Russo brothers. I like what they've done within the franchise as well. So I'm kind of, I think they've they've got this one, but we'll see. You know, um, Captain Marvel added a male lead. Yeah, Jude Law. Jude Law as Marvel. Yep. And if you're as confused as I am, how, yeah, how do they get these how names? You? If you're as confused as I am about all this shit, Neil Neil Turrets wrote a column about it uh, after Thanksgiving. I asked him to write something silly because uh, nobody on the day, you know, that that Monday after Thanksgiving, nobody mm. wants to read anything serious. Um, so yeah, he wrote a, a piece about Captain Marvel and Marvel and how Shazam is actually Captain Marvel. And God, I can't even keep this shit straight. Like, we and Marvel's really the same word as Wonder. Really? It's a, it's a synonym. They're all the, they have the same name. But you know what, Jeff? Ultimately, it doesn't matter. No. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't. It just doesn't matter. Nobody's going to die. It's fine. <laughs> Some people are getting a bit pissed off. I just same like thing to for the world. Like see, it doesn't matter. I'd like to see these movies not just be called Iron Man, Captain Marvel. Like, I don't want real titles like the Bond series has. Well, here's, here's my theory on this. Okay. I worked in a movie theater. It was one of my first jobs um, back in the 1800s um, when I started out. Um, and the amount of people that come up and buy tickets or think a film is called The Incorrect Thing is staggering. <laughs> it's really quite amazing. Uh, you can spend, movie studios, you can spend billions of dollars on marketing a movie. People are still going to get it wrong. Yeah. So, uh, the foolproof way. Make it easy for them. Make it easy. Mm-hmm. Who's okay. in it? Spider-Man. See? There you <laughs> go. Spider-Man. <laughs> That's why we got a good balance on the show. Do it. You're looking at it from the marketing point of view. Um, What else is out there? Okay, did you read the Raps uh, Justice League story? Uh, yes, I did. It's huge expose, which mm. was the hardest thing to write. Just It was so difficult to write about my beloved DC. And um, thoughts on it? I mean, it was... It, In case anybody hasn't seen the, the, the story, explain. It, it was just a, 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 a piece about how Justice League is a Frankenstein, which I think anyone with two eyeballs in their head could see or anyone, one in Hollywood, or anyone who's read any stories for the last year could tell um, there was some interesting detail in there uh, you know you have to question the motivation of some of these sources but uh, the interesting paragraph was about how the movie was rushed mm. to, so that the, the executives could make their bonuses since they didn't know how long they would be for this world with AT&T coming in um, that's interesting it's, it's a little Gossip. It's a little gossipy. I just like on their way out the door. Wouldn't they be like, oh, you know, like, you know, if the movie had been delayed, like, wouldn't they sort of ask for? They'd negotiate some kind of bonus. I don't know. A lot of that. A lot um, of that is tied into contracts. As it's well. just like it's basically. It was like taking them to task for rushing the movie out, as if Justice League was the first movie ever to rush to hit a release date, uh, which is just not the case. Um, well, I mean the. Let's okay. Let's look. Listen, Rushing I, I, news out. The Post. Spielberg started shooting that in February. He got the script about this time last year. Yeah, but uh, so, look, there mean, are, that's not up, can, even up against the wire. They're already screening that a month early. So, yeah. like, you know, the Post didn't, doesn't have all these special effects. And I, all don't, this I think shit. time on a if me, I think the biggest problem. I'm mean, aside from the Frankenstein with Justice League. I think the fact is they they, they ran out of time. They ran out. They, well, they ran out of time. But I think they thought they thought it over too hard. Which I think is consistently a problem with, with DC. They try to overstuff it. I'll put it this way. I I, I commend the rap for taking a swing like this because mm -hmm. you don't see it a lot uh, from the trades. Um, just especially bringing like the executives into it, you know. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just some, some of these stories get a little uh, aggregated out of context almost, mm. uh, and, and they also get taken for gospel when when really. You know, yeah, it's just like true. you know, one person's perspective on how things went. Everyone sort of has a different side of the story. Mm. Um, I, I just think that there's the ultimate true story behind Justice League. I don't think has been written yet. No, I think, I think we'll think find that's out. fair to say. I think we'll find out eventually. But you know, they're they're not the only ones who've who previously had this kind of Frankenstein or overstuffing movies kind of issue or right. just try to over sanitize. It's kind of one of the. I can't decide which it is. I, Marvel had that, like the the Thor sequel, Dark World. They needed to spend more time on that. You know, uh, Fantastic Four. That was awful. 
they, you know, no, they, they Vanity Fair did a big X-Men thing movies. on a big thing on Marvel this week, right? Or, or recently, I think EW did as well. And it, it just like the thing that they keep coming back to is that the, the one advantage that Marvel has on DC is mm. that they have Kevin, and DC doesn't really have a similar figurehead. Oh, yeah, uh, I mean they have Jeff Johns and and, and John Berg, but um. Something's just not working over there. I mean, these movies are just worse than they should be. Like they're just. They have, do, know. do you know what? But I think the the first step in that, and I think they've they've done this, and I think it was brave of them, and I think they had to do it, was acknowledging that something is wrong, and I think now they acknowledge that. I think they're they're addressing it, and I I genuinely have. Uh, hope that they will get it didn't right. They, Maybe not straight but away. Didn't they but I say think... the exact same thing after Batman vs Superman? They knew that they had a problem. They were going to address it with Justice League. Then Justice League didn't address it really. No, I mean, but some one, people think it did. But, but Wonder but... Woman was a, was a massive improvement. So there's proof that where, if they just follow the Wonder Woman model, they can do it. They're totally capable of doing these much better movies. They have the characters. I mean, to yeah, me, it's no, not technically. even close. DC has way better like, characters than yeah. Marvel, to me. And I believe they will do it. I just think it's this is the first step in that process. I think in the next five five to eight years, I think we'll be looking at the uh, DC movies, n- perhaps not the same way, but but around the I, same way, as we look at some of the Marvel I really movies. want it to work. I, I think so do I. people have suggested, don't go the Marvel route at all. Get rid of the universe and just make... Sort of standalone movies, and mm-hmm. if there's a good movie, make a sequel to it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, some of the connectedness just feels so forced. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's fair. Anyways, and I think uh, it's the same with some of the Marvel movies where we have multiple characters. You know, sort of these these Avengers movies and and um, Civil War as well. I think sometimes Marvel are, can be totally accused of putting too many characters well, in there. We'll, that we'll, they we'll shove see in. how Infinity War you goes know. down. We'll see. You know? yeah. uh, sticking with the DC universe. Okay. There was talk that Margot Robbie... Yeah, teasing another Harley Quinn spin-off in development. Totally separate. Good for her for teasing it, didn't I? Wasn't I tweeting about this earlier in the week? Like, I said that they have four projects about Harley Quinn in development. Uh, Like, was this news? I thought we knew that she's getting her, her own movie, a movie with her and the Joker, a movie with her and the girls, and Suicide Squad 2. That's four projects. Yeah. It's like the internet has such a short memory sometimes, or forgets how to count. Um, do, you, do, do we know, need do we need four four fucking Harley Quinn movies? We're getting them potentially. I don't. No, we're, a, not. A we're not getting no, half the shit that they've talked no, about. That's, that's Hollywood. Half of this stuff is, will no, never but, be made. Yeah, again, you know, they they know this is one of their strengths is the character of Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie in her portrayal of that character. They know that they can make bank on that. You know, out of Suicide Squad, how many? But you, you know, what they, was one of the most what, outstanding characters? It, may- it was her that came through, one of the strongest. Yeah, you know, but, uh, certainly when it comes to merch, certainly when it comes to marketing, certainly when it comes to awareness, people who wouldn't weren't aware of Harley Quinn before because they're not hardcore comic book fans or DC fans, they don't know them. You I think know? I think it would be a mistake for Margot to be in four more movies. I, I don't know what kind of contract she signed. If, she, if that's the deal, she signed a five picture deal, like mm. then whatever. But well, Do you know man, what? That, that character is good in, in small doses. Yeah. What's next? Okay, let's talk about um, a movie that I think has changed hands more times in Hollywood than perhaps anything. Um, David S. Goya uh, is apparently in talks to direct Masters of the Universe. That's a nice scoop by the rap uh, late on Thursday. Um, Do I have any interest in this movie? No. I I used to run around the house uh, saying He-Man with my little sword and my He-Man underwear and shit. That Um, was... uh, 2016, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't care about Masters of the Universe whatsoever. It's like a Power Rangers thing to me. Do you know what? I I, I love I, I love like you, uh, Master of the Universe, He Man. I thought it was fantastic. I, I even love the really terrible movie that came out with Dolph Lundgren with Dolph Lund, and, yeah. and Frank Langella. I love that movie. I still watch it, and I have great fun with it. A horrible film, but I do enjoy it. And um, now I don't I don't chalk this up with the Thundercats movie. That's another one. Movies that we just... Hollywood just needs to go, do you know what? We're going to let this one go. Because I think potentially it could be good. I think it's more likely that it's not... People aren't going to care. Claire's not a great director. No. And I just don't... I don't don't think... uh, Audiences aren't crying out for a Masters of the Universe movie. No, this is so... I don't think These studios think that they need these IP 
titles, which Someone's is Someone's bought this and they want to get a return on that. Right, investment. exactly. We've sunk so much, X amount of dollars into development and yeah. Masters of the Universe. Like now we have to actually make the movie to, to justify it. Well, there was a there was a body that was recently an event in in Hollywood, and I was in, invited to to do some coverage on it. it. It was like to do with bodybuilding and people who were like moving into movies. And one of the guys was I tweeted the guy was he was listed as being in the new He Man movie. Now. I don't know this guy, and really nothing against this guy, but if you're making a Hollywood He-Man movie, it's highly unlikely that you would cast someone that is probably best known for being a bodybuilder but has absolutely no box office collateral, especially post-Power Rangers and a number of other films like that that simply haven't worked. I don't see that they would do something like that. They would want to go for someone of the Hemsworth ilk or slightly different or, uh, you know, someone a bit more already known in Hollywood. And I'm just like, nobody was really excited about that whole thing, which he's obviously it, not doing. But I'm just like, I don't think there's nobody. It all depends on we the budget. just let it go. I, like, I know people shit all over Dark Tower, but Dark Tower on, is a really smart play from mm. Tom Rothman just because he kept the budget down. If you can keep Masters of the Universe to $60 million or even $80 million, I think you have a chance at it coming out on top but mm. if you're making a 120 or 150 million dollar masters of the universe movie good fucking luck to you do you know what we need to do we need to have a handover movie where dolph lundgren's prince adam so it, hands it back yeah. to the next generation that's what we need an all-female masters the, the, of the, the lundgren renaissance is, is coming with with creed 2 yeah yeah good luck finding a kid to play young ivan drago like, apparently, that, apparently that, there's open casting for that now. Yeah, there like, is. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, just, just, I would rethink that plan um, if I was making that movie. Um, especially with of, Stallone. Uh, remakes. Let's talk about. Uh, there's a bit of a rise at the moment in um, black exploitation movies. Yes, we have an article uh, coming to, on, on that to the tracking board very soon. Okay. Um, so Superfly. Because I like, did that did not escape my my, my cause purview. Because you, you've got a good eye for a That's story. Right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yes, Superfly in the works at Sony with yep. Joel Silver producing and Alex C writing the script. He did Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other day we got news that uh, Misha Green is writing Cleopatra Jones. What studio was that for? Mm-hmm. You know? Cleopatra Jones? No. What, what year was that? What, what studio? Uh, oh, God, I can't remember. That? I can't remember. Uh, Warner Brothers, sorry. Um, so, yeah, clearly they're. And Warner Brothers also doing a Shaft movie mm-hmm. over at New Line, which they just dated. Um, so yeah, we're seeing that th- three makes a trend, and uh, black exploitation clearly cl- clearly coming back, um, and I imagine it has something to do with Get Out. Yeah, I think also I-, I think in the last sort of ten to fifteen years, there's been a change in the industry where I think Hollywood is finally realizing that it's not just black audiences that want to see movies with strong black casts in mm-hmm. audiences are very open and they will turn out in their massive numbers for this stuff you know it doesn't have to be a damon wayans comedy mm-hmm. uh, or, or a martin lawrence thing where it kind of went away to that kind of thing in the 90s i think we're seeing a return and i think they're seeing there is a lot of money in this just as a, as a wider piece and i think a lot of these movies have heritage and and an identity that i think people are gonna enjoy oh. and i think also there's a hunger for just good action movies and good thrillers they mm-hmm. can do for not a huge imbu- amount of budget they can get a healthy return i'm curious how taraji p henson's proud mary is going to do yeah um so superfly though it was about a uh basically a, a coke dealer who has to make one last deal before yep. he retires he was played by ron o'neill uh, and ron was 35 years old at the time mm-hmm. Uh, it led to a sequel. I think um, Sony has designs on a franchise, a potential franchise for Superfly. So, like, who, who do you cast? How I, Again, I don't know how old the character is in their minds, if it's someone who is actually trying to get out of the game and retire, or mm. you know, if it's a younger guy sort of on the rise, making a name for himself. I think they would probably go younger. I think they would go in the, the sort of mid-20s, early to mid-20s. Um, because then if it, you do want a sequel, you've got... 10 years if you want to make a, a, a trilogy for them to grow into it mm-hmm. and hand it you know pay, either pay it forward or do something else so who would be good who is around that age that hmm I mean there's a lot of the standard names that you put you on the spot do you know who's the guy that was in I've completely blanked on his name for a second that was in Atlanta and Get Out uh, Brian Terry Henry. 
Yes. Right? Uh, hey. No, the, 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 the tall guy. Oh, sorry, sorry. Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. My bad. Uh, right, I was, thinking, I was thinking the other one. Um, yeah, Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. Because I think That's he interesting. The, the 70s kind of chill, and I think with some really good presence, because in Get Out and in Atlanta, he, he has a, an element of both, but he's in very great different actor. ways. He's also, he's also a really, really nice guy. Oh, yeah. He's a really nice L- guy. Lovely, Keith. So I think he would f- physically, and I think as a presence, could really have something interesting to deliver there. Um, I totally blanked on his name for a second, so apologies for that. Yeah, no, no, no. It's all good. Uh, uh, we're getting Sky Patterson is saying Michael B. Jordan is super fly. Do you know what? I don't mm. think that's a terrible idea. I just think that he's one of the few names that keep, people I think keep he's pulling the out of the bad. Ma- Michael bag. B. Jordan and John Boyega, I think, would be terrible as super fly. I would uh, not say John Boyega. No, I think both of them were wrong. The name that I had heard, and this mm. is in uh, the story that I wrote up this week, the name I'd heard this summer mm. when I'd thought that Lionsgate was going to get their hands on Superfly was actually O'Shea Jackson Jr. Ooh. He's got some uh, real swagger. That'd be cool. And that was before Ingrid Goes West came out, uh, and I thought he was great in that. If yeah. you guys haven't seen Ingrid Goes West, everybody I've showed that movie to uh, has loved it. Um, yeah, I, I think he would be cool. Uh, and yeah, Cleopatra Jones, oof, that would be a tough one. Who who would you cast as her? Has to be someone. Not I. I, I know that they're out to go. Beyonce. Um, no. I no, she would not be right. But you know, she's going to be the first pe- name that people pick out of the bag. Um, I. Who would I? Like Tessa Thompson or somebody like. It depends on how young they want to go right exactly because if they do it as an early one I, again i blanked on her name for a second um the daughter in blackish she's she's late teens early she? 20s yeah so i'm thinking if they want again and it's if you wanted to do a series of movies she could grow into that i'd, I'd watch carrie washington movie that's not a bad call, actually. Um, anyways, we can move on from black exploitation. It's just in, you know interesting to keep an eye on that uh, trend and and you know w- what it was born out of. Ah, it, Sky has said Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet would that, be fucking that perfect. Is, that is that's that is nice. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. I like that too. Very good idea. Nice, nice one, one, Sky. Um, Sky wins. Uh, let's talk about box office this year um, because obviously we're heading towards the end of the year. I'm quite surprised that. People have already got their best films of 2017 lists finalized because you gotta use the whole point of the yeah. month of December is to catch up on all the movies that you missed. Yeah, and also there are a couple of movies out there that that potentially could be on the list that like Star Wars: The Last Jedi that people haven't seen right. yet. That's that's what I'm kind of waiting um, to make my list. But like for. Empire did their their ten list release that today, and a lot of other people have done it too. I'm quite surprised by that. Um, the 2017 box office is heading for a decline on 2016, even with The Last Jedi. Um, 2016, it was 11.4 billion, um, and this year there there was kind of putting it to be around 9.72 um, billion for this year. So it's down, you know, two two billion. Um, just, just under two just billion, two just, mil. just just two billion, um, which will hurt. Um, I'm not surprised. This goes back to what I said earlier about. I think a lot of movies have that I was kind of expecting, and a lot of that should have landed big didn't land big, or as big as they should have done. And mm. every every single one of those that doesn't deliver the the money, it's a little bit off the off the top. So I'm I'm not entirely surprised that it's down this year. I think also streaming is really kicking in in a big way, and I think TV is getting stronger. Which means I think Hollywood has to. That's up its what it game is. With you, you can't have right these eyeballs in two places at yeah. once. And people are home. Yeah. You know, I, I just watched the last thirteen hours of The Punisher. How many movies did I not watch in order to watch The Punisher? Yeah. That's just one series. I mean, Netflix has so much stuff coming out. I can't even keep up with it. There also appears to be a saturation of of content, and there's a lot of really good stuff that I've seen this year that hasn't been able to get the screens that they needed. Right. And they're just being crowded out. I think we really have to slim down the number of movies that are that are that are coming out and hitting theaters because it's difficult to to get through the good stuff. Um, and I think there's a massive assumption that obviously they're not going to be the, the biggest audience goers by comparison to somewhere like New York, L.A., you know, Chicago, Washington or whatever. But I think there is a, there is an interest and a hunger in smaller markets for some of this more interesting indie kind of content. Right. And there just isn't 
the, the screen availability the, for that. The other thing is, like, you know, the conversations about these small movies, which really need the press and all that stuff, they happen yeah. when, when they hit New York and L.A. And then when they start to expand two or three weeks later, the conversation's mm. already over. So by the time it hits, you know, Boston, Call Me By Your Name hits Boston in, like, mid-December or something, like, yeah. you know, it's, like, already, already feels like it's been there, done that. Yeah, I, I I I totally agree with that. I think also I think the industry itself is partly to blame because the amount of smaller movies, so not major studio movies, that I regularly ask to get to go and see because mm -hmm. I want to support smaller movies and up-and-coming talent that I know right. I think are going to do good things or I'm very interested in. And it is exceptionally difficult to sometimes even get a response from the people that are promoting these movies. It, I'm telling you. And it, there it, are it, journalists out there who want to fucking help. Mm -hmm. to get what bums we can on seats in movie theatres, paying movie theatres, where people get to see these movies to spread the word. And it's difficult. It's, it's because there's no incentive for the media to champion these smaller films. I'm going to give you a good example. So this month, I think that's fair. This month, you know, I had to choose an up-and-comer of the month. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I came up with a list of six names, and, and the obvious choice would have been Kelly Marie Tran, mm. Uh, who's in Star Wars. Yeah. She's the new Star Wars girl. Uh, but to me, it felt like everyone's going to be writing about Star Wars. Everybody's going to be writing about this girl because she's the new, you know, the new cast member. Um, and I was like, I'd rather just give it to Paul Walter Hauser, who plays Sean Eckhart in I, Tonya. You know, mm -hmm. a guy who's 200, yeah, it's on, his weight is on IMDb, 260 pounds. Yeah. Like, is is going to be overshadowed by Margot Robbie and Allison Janney yeah. in the in whatever coverage I, Tonya gets, which is going to be a fraction of the coverage that Star Wars gets. And it's just like, if more, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, but if more people actually went that route, uh, instead of thinking, well, Star Wars is going to get me clicks, I need to get, the, I should, you know, do the Star Wars interview, yeah. whatever... It would really, it would really, you'd see a shift, I think. You'd see, you'd see some changes. I think something that's really interesting this year is when it comes to awards season is that I think we're going to see, talking of up-and-coming people, I think we're going to see a lot of people on the red carpet this year who are not movie stars. And I think a lot of people who haven't been introducing their audiences to these people, who they are, and their movies, are going to find it very difficult to peg their coverage this year because there's going to be a lot of people um that people don't know who they are mm. and i think that they're going to struggle and i think it's going to affect people's coverage so if i was working on these films i mean i, I would love to i see people on on, on twitter you know they've they got sent a screener for this and sent a screener for that and i've signed up for film independent again this year mm -hmm. just because i want to get hold of some of the movies that i couldn't get from prs so that i can not only see them but then i can vote in the independent film awards mm -hmm. i want to do that the spirit awards they're really important to me but it's just like they should be doing a better job for, and as you say, there's a resistance sometimes to cover them because these people aren't well known or they don't think their audience know it. Re reframe it. Refocus it. Do the job. Sell it better. Sell why these people should be interested. Break it down. Do a better job. And then people will be able to support it. And audiences will then go to the chains and go to their local movie theatres and they will say, I want to see this movie. I just find it more Take it personally more fulfilling to write about up-and-comers and people who, who could actually use the press and get excited to see their names in print instead of, you know, these gigantic movie stars where it, you know, sometimes it just doesn't feel like it means anything. Yeah. You know? Um, but the, the, some, of these, some of these movies, there's the strongest movies that are out there right now, but it's difficult to support them. Um, Zeno Hour has asked on, on the chat, and another story we probably should cover before we finish, um, thoughts on the potential Disney-Fox deal reportedly heating up? That kind of kicked off about two or three weeks ago, really. Yeah, the, those rumors are certainly out there. I mean, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't really seem like it, it's a good thing for the industry because no. it seems like it would be one less buyer, although, you know, I, obviously Fox is making very different kinds of movies than Disney would make. Um, so in that sense, maybe maybe there wouldn't be. It'd be one less buyer, but they still have to fill two different kind of pipelines. Well, I wrote a piece on uh, when when the rumors sort of started, um, or, or it was it was revealed that there had been discussions. I actually wrote a piece. I'm just going to pull it up. Is this about um, the X Men? I hope it's not. It is not good about the X Men. Um, it is a piece that I wrote called uh, for Forbes called "From Home Alone to Cocoon: Franchise that Disney Could Develop If It Bought 21st." That's Century a great Fox. idea for an article. Wow, I did not see that. It's I'm going to retweet. 
retweet free, that. Feel free to retweet it. And it's basically a load of things that Fox own and are either currently active that franchises would love to get or ones. On. Yeah, mm. I mean, Avatar was one of them that's on there because obviously they've got the relationship with the yeah. Disney theme park. We know there are several movies coming out of that. The Alien franchise. Um, I explain why that might or might not work. Cocoon is another one. Die Hard. They could do something with Home Alone. D- Disney, D- Disney doing Home Alone. That, that is really that. That's really on brand. Independence Day, Night at the Museum, Planet of the Apes. Whether Disney would want Night to take that museum. on and do something with yeah. that uh, Predator again and with Alien could be quite interesting. Romancing the Stone. Disney could do a Romancing the Disney's Stone. Disney's Romancing the, the Stone. You, I could see that. Uh, that's a franchise. Disney's Home Alone. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So anyway, the article is up on Forbes. I'll, I'll get you to retweet it later as well because you know you've got some good followers as well. Um, um, but yeah, take a look at it. And, you and know, obviously, there's there's, re- there's there would be uh, repercussions in, in the X Men universe and, and potentially bringing the Marvel you know those Marvel yeah. characters together and stuff. But well, I'm not, I'm not as people, interested in that. That's what a lot of people focused on. They went straight right for and, the Marvel and this stuff. Would, the whole point of this would be to build out Disney's uh, upcoming streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, which wants to compete with Netflix and, yep. and is going to need more than just Disney content in order to do that. Yeah. Or will it? I don't even know. Um, elsewhere at Fox, Lizzie Kaplan, female lead in Gambit. That yep. broke the day before Thanksgiving. I like her. Uh, yeah, I like her too. I don't know what the character is, if she's still going to be playing uh, Belladonna there or whatever. I don't even know. I don't know the the Gambit comics mythology. Uh, Gore Verbinski. I don't know how excited he has me. I'm just me, but... generally surprised this film is still actually in the process yeah. of being made. I really did not. If you'd have said like six months ago, is this gonna? I would have stuck fifty dollars on the fact that it wouldn't happen. I just I like I don't I like weird yeah. Lizzie Kaplan rather than like kind of like mainstream yeah. Lizzie Kaplan. Um, when, by the way, Netflix re, uh, renewed Stranger Things I season three this morning and Mindhunter season two earlier this week. And did you see that Mindhunters? Uh, did you watch the show? I have not seen oh, it. Oh, it's so fucking good. Uh, Cameron Britton, who plays Ed Kemper, who's so so mm-hmm. amazing on this show, he just got cast in The Girl in the Spider's Web, which is apt casting. Stranger Things three. Yeah. Uh, to give another little plug to a piece of work that I did, I interviewed. Let's just um, plug all your stories. Sean Levy. Um, recently, wow. it was it was pre pre Emmys, okay? mm-hmm. and we were talking about Stranger Things three, and I pitched to him the idea that season three could be the end for this cast. So these to kind of wrap up this trilogy, and if they took it into a fourth, what they would do is change location, completely recast, because obviously the cast are getting a bit older. And my theory behind this is that when kids get to adulthood so they go through puberty they stop being able to see this other world and connect with this other world and so it would then be different kids in a different place with them connecting to this world you actually pitched this to him during an interview i did and you know he wouldn't i said some balls on you (laughs) i said to him is that potentially what you do and he wouldn't answer it open he said well i can't answer that but and I was like, I think that's it. Yeah, I think you, you, that's what you they're doing. You cracked the code, Simon. You hey, figured Mr. it Levy, out. Hey, I've got a great idea for you. <laughs> Why don't you make them all dogs? Stranger Things, the dog years. <laughs> did you see the Sundance? Musical. What about a musical? Did you see the Sundance lineup? I did. It's pretty good. <laughs> Sir, are, you, are you going? Uh, I, oh God, I wish. No, I think I'm actually going to... You're a big-time well, e-producer you know now. I, you can't yeah, get it up, can't get well, up to YouTube. I don't YouTube. know. I'm just trying to find out. I'm literally... I have a couple a couple of things that uh, are in the new year that are quite exciting. Mm-hmm. So I might be going. Uh, I don't know yet. I might be covering back in L.A. or holding the fort back in L.A. But I might be going this year. But there will be some interesting things happening for me around awards season this year. Ooh, are you hosting the Oscars with uh, Jimmy yeah, Kimmel, oh, your co-host? shit. Are it's they going to paint you gold and make you stand there? <laughs> they're turning. They're basically the dressing me up as uh, Gollum, mm-hmm. uh, Dobby the house elf, uh, uh, Harry Potter with halopatia. Uh, you know, all <laughs> these, these are other the, are these well the insults known. that you get on the internet? Yeah. I feel like you're you're working out some issues no, here. <laughs> the, the, no, I've actually never been caught. I've been caught. I've been told that I'm bald a number of times, and I'm like, I am aware of this. Yeah, but thanks. Um, I'm looking forward to the Lizzie Borden movie uh, that yes. is going to be at Sundance because I'm a Lizzie Borden fanatic. This one stars Chloe Sevigny and uh, Kristen Stewart. Mm. Uh, and I'm also excited for that Robin Williams documentary. Yeah. That sounds re- really interesting. Do you know what I'm excited I miss about? That guy. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, I'm doing the junket 
Ooh. Are you allowed to say that? Uh, oops. Uh, yeah, so I'm doing the junket here, uh, but I haven't seen it. I'm not seeing I, I it love this. the, the way, junket. God, I, I am lo- going I, to the premiere, though. I love this, though. What is the point of doing the junket before the movie? It's comes, so hard. Before you can see the movie. So what hard. is the point of this? I just, I would just, just I wouldn't have put any spoilers. It's a horrible it. practice. It makes, it, it makes life very, very difficult. Admittedly, the movie doesn't it's, need promotion, but... You know, I would like. I just want to see it. Just show it. I know it's there. So, so I'll see at. So I'll see at the premiere. Yeah, you're going as well. Yes. Cool. I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, I was shocked that I got. I must, have, must have done something right. Yeah. Um, got a, we're seat fillers. We'll have to get up. When... Disney also cast its Mulan actress. Yeah, I saw that. It seemed like uh, that went over well. Mm-hmm. She's a big star in China. Um, what else is going on? Um, I'm getting more and more excited. I've started to get loads of stuff from uh, from Netflix on um, the the Will Smith Joel Edgerton movie. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I'm I just want that to arrive now. I really wish that that's going up in like January, isn't it? Or just no Christmas, Christmas. Yeah, that's oh, coming out this I'm month. I'm super. I think I'm more psyched about that than Last Jedi. To be honest really? with you, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm hoping for something like you know, oh, Alien Nation kind of really fun buddy cop. He's an alien. It's fun. He's a. I yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's the uh, most fun you'll I've, have I've, this Christmas. I've heard from some folks who have seen not it. have. Yeah. Uh, should I should I meter my Tem- temper temper those expectations? <laughs> Jalua. Um ah. uh, bits and bobs. Bits and bobs. Uh, <laughs> the theory of everything stars yeah. may reunite yeah. Eddie Redman and Felicity Jones on something called the Aeronauts. Love them. Great. <laughs> Love them. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's Just Mercy going to Warner Brothers. Yeah, from, from after, This is after Broad Green sort of uh, imploded, I guess. Yeah. Um, Warner Brothers, good to see them buying a movie like this. They, you know, I think this is a potential Oscar contender. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we won't know until the movie gets made. If it gets made, uh, apparently it's going before Creed 2. And it's shooting early next year. So if it's shooting early next year, when does Creed 2 shoot? Next spring? It's supposed to be out by the fall. It just seems like a tight, tight. turnaround. Yeah. Uh, Justin was speculating that Creed 2 could end up moving. Um, I could see Creed moving to, to sort of I, honestly, January? I think it's a, a, February? A, a terrible idea without Ryan Coogler. I think Creed was Ryan Coogler. That was um, a great movie. It, it was, I still it, find it was really good. that movie. It was going, really good. good. Uh, Catherine Newton and Justice Smith booked the leads in the Pokemon movie. I mean, <sighs> yeah, I'm not seeing this. Uh, <laughs> Dark hit uh, Netflix. Uh, I definitely recommend that. The German language show. Yes. Uh, I saw you tweeting about that yep. the other night. A lot of people that I uh, was recommending it to back in Boston said, nah, I'm not going to watch it because it has subtitles. Uh, don't be one of those people. Uh, I love The Punisher. Did you watch any of that? I haven't. Seriously, the, the, my Netflix to watch list is absolutely massive. I've been so busy in the last couple of weeks. I know. There's just, I haven't been it's here. Crazy. There's so much good stuff out there to watch. Um, ca- ca- uh, ca- sorry, I, I watched The Runaways as well on Hulu. Yeah, I watched the first really episode. It was okay. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to check that out. Karen Kasama's Destroyer with uh, Nicole Kidman. Yep. That's her next movie. It sounds awesome. That uh, added Bradley Whitford, who's mm-hmm. in Get Out and The Post. Scoot McNary and Toby Kebbell. Uh, three solid actors right there. Do, uh, sorry, I take it you haven't been watching Godless either with Scoot McNary. I have not. Oh, I do uh, like Scoot McNary. Uh, Noah Baumbach ca- casting uh, Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson in yep. his new movie. I'll tell you the story behind how that one got reported off off camera. <laughs> okay. Billy Ray rewriting the Terminator movie. Uh, and I'm told that they are searching for an 18-year-old Mexican female for the lead. Uh, and you could also see like a uh, a Latin villain. You know, Latin sort of Terminator or whatever. Interesting. Um, and then there's all like this sort of sad sexual allegation stuff, which you know continues, continues to, to snowball. Matt Lauer, Garrison Keillor, John Lasseter. Oh my God. Here's here's a tip. Okay, unless somebody asks to see your penis, don't show it to them. There you go. That's, that's a one deep for the thoughts with Simon Thompson. Just that a seems little like bit a, of a tip. Seems there. like a good place. How's uh, that? Keep it in your pants. Seems like a good place to end things. Although there is breaking news here that uh, Carrie Washington, yeah, we were just talking about, has been and, cast and in. Rashida Jones are teaming up for a female detective uh, movie called Goldie Vance. It's an adaptation. Interesting. 
Yeah. I like. I like that pairing. That's, that's a really pairing. good pairing. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Uh, cool. Okay, that's it. That's going to do it. All right. Thank you. So, uh, Simon, where, where can the good folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ShowbizSimon. Uh, and also, there's a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. Uh, and do check out those pieces that I've written on Forbes. Um, I'll retweet them as well, um, which would be good if you want to uh, have a little look-see at that and share it and give your thoughts to be appreciated. And I'm Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the Tracking Board, mm. tracking-board.com. All kinds of good stuff over there. Um, well, we're back next week, and Neil's going to join us, right? I think so, yeah, yeah. Neil Turrets. Uh, guys, thanks for watching the Popcorn Talk Network. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, tell your grandma. Yeah. I don't know when Hanukkah starts, but if it's now, happy Hanukkah. I'm saying starting December. soon. It is soon. Yeah. <laughs> December. Later, guys. Have a great one. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.